This is Laree Daniel Favors, and welcome to The Hub. segment and our hidden hero segment uh, is a segment where you all let me know about the amazing people in your communities doing amazing things and we highlight them because we want to let people know there are angels among you doing the angelic work of building community and one of our hidden heroes was this amazing group of people under the umbrella known as the HBCU scholarship ride and today right now I'm so excited we get to welcome to our show one of our hidden heroes he is Hassan Malik Abdul Sabur, and he is one of the founders, I believe the originator of this phenomenal effort, the HBCU Scholarship Ride. Hassan Malik Abdul Sabur, it is such a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm a little nervous, but I'm here. Oh, don't be nervous. I was about to say, where did our applause go? It was like a delay on the applause. I said, no, that can't happen. I thought you had disconnected. Please don't be nervous. We are. No, I felt the love. I felt the love. So it's all good. Indeed. Indeed. Now, I have read from your bio that 30 years ago, you actually left Howard University because of a lack of funds. And as I understand it, that is your one regret in life. And you have made it your mission since to help the next generation of students to thrive at these institutions. My first question for you is, is that true? and talk to us about the impact that that one regret has had on your desire to ensure that no other child has to go through it. Yes, yes, that is definitely true. I graduated from high school in 91, got accepted to the beautiful Howard University and was down there for two years until I figured out I really didn't have the support financially, really, but just the social support that you need to finished school and I didn't have that and I didn't I lacked a lot of maturity that it took to you know stand my ground and you know do like other kids do and find a job and find an apartment and, and go away to I mean stay at school so that was definitely a big impact on me because Howard is such an amazing place and when you step when you're in it and you're 17 and you're in DC in the 90s and hip-hop is going on and all of these beautiful people are walking around campus you really don't understand until you remove yourself from that situation and then say wow I had it I you know I had it all and um that was basically the impetus for the ride like not wanting other kids from North to to uh, go through that because a lot of times we think about black people in a monolith and we really don't understand that it is folks like the Cosby show on that campus it is 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 a lot of prominent black folks that were there and their children went there and you don't understand that or I didn't understand that coming from North New Jersey. I really didn't understand what was ahead of me and what was waiting for me down there. And um that's basically that's basically it. It's it's like a internal drive to like, damn, I don't want anybody else to go through that. I want you to experience the full four years, five years, however long it takes you to graduate. I want you to get that full immersive experience. Mm. 
You know, it's interesting. One of my, again, I've said that my regret, my one regret about college was not going to an HBCU. I actually have another one, but that, well, that's not for for here. Uh, that's <laughs> that's another topic that's for another, another show. topic for another day, usually a Friday. Uh, but but one of the things that I, I'm clear about is that, you know, brother, there are a lot of us who didn't get to go to schools where we wanted or attend where we wanted. Not all of us then went on to organize an effort to make sure that that didn't happen to other people. How did you cultivate this sort of passion and, and compassion and care for the community that you would take a loss that you experience and turn it into a way to benefit other people. It's a whole lot of people that have that testimony. I don't know too many of them that went on to do what you did with it. What's different about you? You know what it is? That's how we were raised. You know, I had parents that were part of the movement. I grew up around people that parents were from the 60s and 70s and were part of that movement of you know, if something happens, how could you change it? Not, I wasn't raised like just put my head in my, my hands and, you know, call it a day. I'm part of that uh, generation that really, you know, that 90s, you know, hip hop was born. Mm-hmm. We're celebrating 50 years of hip hop. That's innovation and, you know, taking something from uh, making nothing from something. So that's kind of what drives me. Like, how could I be part of the change? I never want to sit back and just see other kids go through what I went through. Or, you know, I hear a lot of people about college debt. Well, I have college debt, so I don't care if somebody else has it. That's not my mind state. My mind state is if I went through it, how could I make it smoother for that next generation? So this bike ride helps with that. So it, it right now, giving a kid $7,000, $10,000 at an HBCU is major because like you said in the beginning um, about Kamala Harris, Vice President Kamala Harris and Biden saying, you know, HBCUs are owe $13 billion. You know, that's a lot of funding. You know what I mean? So yeah. being traditionally underfunded, that means that the students suffer. So if your parents um, don't have you know, $20,000, they have to take out loans and parent plus loans and you have to take out a loan and your credit has to be right. So that, you know, causes a lot of people not to go to HBCUs, not to finish HBCUs. Although HBCUs graduate more black students, that's still a lot of students that don't finish, you know. So we want to bridge that gap between the deserving students and your ability to pay for college. Mm. So that's kind of my drive right there to answer your question. We we come from a place of people in a supportive community that uh, the community supported me. And sometimes I didn't even know how the community supported me, but the community supported me. My parents loved me and they always taught me to, 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 you know, fight for others that don't have. And now that I'm in a position to organize folks towards a goal of, you know, funding people's college education and funding black children's college education. I mean, come on, it's a it's a no brainer. I love this. You you mentioned some phrases that took me back. The parent plus loan. I'm literally, brother, just about because I, I I had to get one of those parent plus loans. My parents of had to get a did. loan from me. <laughs> I'm literally about to make like the last payment on it this year. And like I'm That's not in my twenties. Okay, I'm I'm in my forties right now. And it's like the but fact you're better that, than most though. This, I mean, remember right. when Obama was running against McCain? I mean, this mm. guy was a senator. He wrote a book and he was like, I just finished paying off my loans three years ago. I'm like, 
and that's the he's about to be the president and he right. just finished paying off his right. loans so well, imagine I ain't paying what off the mine rest yet. of us yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, let me be clear that's not my loan I still got several tens of thousands of dollars to pay on my I'm just talking about my parents <laughs> you, loan, but you're paying you, off mom and daddy loan. paying off mom you. and daddy I got to pay them back because I got to have integrity and be honest, and be honest yes yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel you but listen, you know, one of the things I love about this is that you could have done anything to, to organize this money. You could have tapped into any resource or any group of people. You chose bike riders. Now, I came to know about this work because my dear, dear, dear sister Atia is a part of this group. And I, oh, I didn't know the that the homie. bike. Yeah, I didn't know the bike riding. The black bike riding culture is deep. Y'all are deep for real, for real. Talk to us about how it is you go about raising this money. And, and let's get into some of the details as to what this organizing fundraising effort looks like today. Yeah, first, the big shout out to Atia. She is the first sister to complete the ride in totality the all three days. So she will always have that title. But yes, the black bike community is deep and it started black bikers. We have a history. So I, I like to look at things through a historical context. Like oh. they had a whole black bike regiment in the, you know, World War One who, you know, trekked across the uh, you know, the, the West on bikes. Then you have Major Taylor. So you have all, we have a history of biking and, and, and forms of uh, transportation. So, you know, we weren't able, black folks weren't able to buy cars when they first came out. So we always was on alternative forms of transportation. Mm. So, um, yeah. And, and then with the pandemic, a lot of biking started happening with, with black folks being outside. And now we have a little bit, you know, a lot of us, the 90s babies were hitting, you know, we're hitting into our 40s and things like that, where we have disposable income and we could, because biking is pretty expensive when you do yeah. it at the level that we're doing it on. I mean, I just bought a low end bike for 2300 So how many people? And, and that's a low end. I mean, people are out here spending five and $6,000 on bikes. So that is, um, and I've always been a biker since my youth. I've always loved biking. And my man reintroduced me to biking just by riding his bike to work one day. And I was like, oh, wow, he is right. Mm. Because we look at it like a childish endeavor. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Certain things yeah. you look at, like, you know, those are childhood things. I used to ride my bike. And then you look at it in America, we don't look at biking as transportation. We look at it as like some sort of recreational, physical activity, but we can use biking in our communities to get back and forth to work. Like one day my friend called me up and I always tell this story. I was biking across um, a block in North called Elizabeth Avenue and someone saw me. So he called the mutual friend. So my friend calls me up and I have on a, you know, pants, maybe a tie or whatever. And he called me up and said, like, hi, is everything good? I'm like, yeah, why? He said, um, what's the matter with your car? I'm like, nothing. Why? He said, um, Zach saw you biking. And I'm like, yeah, I do that to get to work sometimes. And he actually thought something was wrong with me. And I'm like, or my car or something. And I'm telling him, no, we can bike to work. It's just easier. It's fun. You know, so we can do things and, and, it's always associated with a certain class of people, you know, yuppies, bike. No, we could bike to work. I mean, and a lot of us, it'll save us money. We have a serious rampant obesity in our community, diabetes, high blood pressure. Biking helps with all of that. So if I can bike and, you know, help myself physically, 
and emotionally, mm. then I, I'll do it. So that's how um, biking really has been a part of um, me and, and a lot of things that I do. So you get to incorporate the love of biking, the love of HBCUs and philanthropy all in one with this thing. So, yes, mm. that's so the long answer to it. No, that's that's the right answer. That's that's exactly the type of information that we need so that we understand how to move forward. HBCU Scholarship Ride is the website where you can learn more yes. about this effort at hbcuscholarshipride.com. And I need people to know, again, we don't just talk about hidden heroes on Friday and highlight people doing amazing things throughout the week because we just want y'all to feel good. I need y'all to replicate. Yes. I need you to study. I need you to analyze. I need you to think about how could I take something like this and bring it to my community and implement yes. something similar for the people here we have to mass duplicate goodness <laughs> i think we yes, are the perfect we people yes, to do it do. so talk to us about the the mechanics of the ride you all start in newark new jersey and yep. you go where give us the what's the path how long have you said three days i believe give us the, the full what what does it look like in when you're actually on the bike so it's it's between 200 and 40 and 250 or 60 miles. So we start off in North New Jersey at a place called Military Park. It just happens to be called The Yard. So it's cool that we go from Military Park in North's Yard to Howard's Yard. But mm. we start off in Military Park on a Friday and we bike to Philly. The first leg of the um, um, ride is from North to Philly. So Friday, that's where we go. We end up in Philly. It's like 90 something miles, 100 miles um, if we get lost. But we usually don't. We have a, a, a guy, Malik, who, who steers us the whole way down. We never get lost. But so that's day one. And then day two, we bike from Philly to Aberdeen, New Jersey. and I mean, Aberdeen, Maryland because we do have a Aberdeen, New Jersey, but we bike from Philly to Aberdeen, Maryland the second day. And that's probably like 80 to 85 miles. And then the third day we bike from Aberdeen, Maryland to uh, our university, Washington, DC. So that's basically how it breaks down to three days. A lot of hardcore bikers, they'll be like, oh, I could do 150 miles in a day. I could do it in two days. I could do it in one day. That's not the point. The point is like, you know, not to kill ourselves, but to, um, you know, challenge ourselves because cycling is the saying in the cycling community. Cycling is suffering. And cycling is indeed, you know, it's you out there and that bike and you're pushing it and all your momentum or whatever is pushing that bike forward. And Maryland is full of hills. So sometimes you have three, four thousand feet of elevation in a day and you're up against the elements. So it could be it's the end of August. So it's definitely hot. You know, you're on roads with cars whizzing by. So it's definitely challenging. And it's it 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 is something that gives you gives me great pleasure to do because it's like I'm accomplishing this task that everybody can't do, even though it's nothing incredible, but everybody just doesn't do it. So biking from four, you know, through four states over three days and you're raising money. So I'm doing all of this, checking the GoFundMe constantly to make sure that the money is going in there. People are donating and we're stopping and we're doing lives and we're meeting people along the way and people are cheering us on and we have SAG vehicles. So it's, it's actually a, a nice three-day experience. 
I, I will tell you what, our audience got so excited when we announced you all as the Hidden Heroes and they were like, I need to donate. Where do I make put yes. my donations? And and every yes. dollar, as you said, counts. You mentioned realizing that there are people who live like the Cosbys when you were in college. I met my first wealthy black people in law school. Like I'm sure there were wealthy black people in Penn State, but it was a state school yeah. that kind of stayed under wraps. But I met my first, first really wealthy black people at law school. And I was like, oh, Oh, that's oh, how this, you live. This how the oh. other side lives. <laughs> like, okay, I thought, all right, well, clearly I am not prepared. I was not prepared. But you realize that there is great distance between many of us when it comes to our economic yeah. sustainability. So the students, I'm, yes. I'm imagining, as you're, you're writing, people are pledging money, and, and the GoFundMe was active. I was happily watching. I was refreshing the page myself, and you know, I'm following yes. the TS. You I'm saw that big donation, the, right? Bro, I was like, ooh, do he listen to Urban View? We're going to talk about that donation. We're going to talk about it. We got to yes, talk we about are. that. Yes, we are. But let's talk about, before we get to the donations, who are the students that you're targeting? How Who are the students that can apply are these students wow. who who come from economically disadvantaged backgrounds give us some context as to the students that you have been able to support through this effort um we started off and the first ride was just a friend my um brother actually from howard um he called me up about donating to his niece's page so the first student was marbella and it was just born out of you know just the need for her to stay in school because he called me and was like yo my donate to my niece's GoFundMe. She's about to leave Howard and I got immediately triggered. But um, since then it's one on, we've picked Nork students and our first two students were Kyle Washington and Janae Tucker. And it was kind of like, actually anybody who does scholarships, they'll tell you it's like difficult finding kids to fill out scholarships. I don't care how easy yeah. it is. It's just the kids yeah. do not do it because for the most part, we're, we have that defeatist mentality. I'm not getting that anyway. So you don't fill it out. And I'm telling everybody that has a kid out there who's listening or if a, if a young kid going to college is listening, fill an application out. Like our first student, Kyle, his mother told him, just fill it out. And he filled it out. And he was one of the only, you know, we wanted to pick a, a guy and a girl. So we ended up picking Kyle and Janae. And um, that next year, obviously, we were like, you know what, let's focus this because I'm, I'm kind of a broaden your view, focus your energy type person. So I was like, let's just narrow this down to Newark. It's my hometown. I love Newark, New Jersey. And most of the kids here do need, if it's not a financial need, it's a, 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 a social need when um, structural need, you know what I mean? Because you need, like, I don't know if you're familiar with EOF or EOP or one of those. Those are things that um, they have um, equal opportunity funds. So they're at a lot of state schools and they support first generation college kids. At Howard and a lot of these HBCUs, they don't have that. Like we mentioned the Cosby's, mm -hmm. literally Bill Cosby's daughter was a freshman with me. You know what I'm saying? She does not need uh, uh, EOF or EOP or something like that. So a lot of legacy kids, which go to a lot of these schools, at least the upper echelon ones, they don't need that support. So we take kids from North. We get a bunch of applications like this year. We got 35 applications. We were only supposed to take 10 kids, but since I'm a bleeding heart, we took 15 and it kind of dug us in the hole. But God is good. And we got to our 100K. But that's how kids can apply. They could go to HBCUScholarshipRide.com, click apply. And it's just a simple question of a couple of questions that you can answer for the essay. And one of them, one of the questions is, uh, 
what would you do with this education and how would you use it um, to uh, better, you know, um, support your community and support things and support change in your community? Because we don't just want kids going off to H. Nork doesn't need you to go off to college and get a good education. Nork needs you to go off to college, get a good education and bring that so-called good education back home Come and see how now. it fixes you, your problem. I need fix you to say problem. that louder. Say it I'm louder. Going to, I'm going to say it in a different way. We only can measure how good an education is by if that education helps solve some of the problems in your community. So That's you could go right. to Princeton That's University right. and everybody will say, oh, they got a good education. And, you know, you come back home and that block is still messed up. Up. I tell my mm. nephew, I use my nephew back here all the time. I know he hates this, but he went to Villanova and he got an engineering degree and I love it. And we were happy and I'm still happy for, but I said, if you have that engineering degree and you come back home to Newark and your mother's block is falling apart, mm. what good is that engineering degree? What good Damn. is that business degree when there's thousands of businesses in black communities that aren't open up? So yeah, you got a, a, a MBA from Harvard and you go work for Chase Bank. That does me mm. no good. That does your community no good. So take that MBA and all of these things where you learn how to run businesses and that engineering degree and that architectural degree and fix up your community. Actually utilize it to do that's some right. good. So that's what I want kids to do. Everybody is not going to come back to Newark and, um, and, and, and utilize that education. But if we send 25 kids away and 10 of them come back, then our city's landscape starts to change. So now I don't see RIP t-shirts. I see uh, a, a Bennett College t-shirt or I see a Hampton hat or something like that. So that's what I, I basically want to happen in our community. We can shift the paradigm by making these kids because North doesn't have a shortage of kids that go off and get wonderful educations, whether they're from an HBCU or PWI. What we have a problem with is retaining that those resources in our community. So we kind of have the same thing that goes on in Nigeria. We have brain drains. So mm. Africa doesn't have a shortage of doctors. They just have a shortage of doctors who get those degrees and come back to Ghana and become doctors in Ghana or Nigeria or whatever other country they're from. So we want to we want to retain our talent. Mm. My God, you listen. I, I, I mean, uh, is there an air horn? Is there something we could? I just need. Yes, because that is like, like that to me. I, I feel like our model for success, Hassan, has really been one that says you go to school, you get noticed by white teachers, and they think you're a different yes. one, a special one. And if you yes. hold on to your specialness long enough, then you might get to college. And if you get to college and you learn how to interview well, and I do this little thing where my voice changes, where you learn how you go from being in the community yes. being part of the people you go to college and then you learn how to interview really well and you learn how to change your voice yes. and adjust and adapt to other people's cultures we'll and let you, learn you how work to master for whiteness. us oh my god i totally want to work for you because that is what successful yes. education looks like and then as you said you got an engineering degree your mama house falling in a sinkhole back home you don't even yeah, want to go back yeah, home because yeah, yeah. you working for what turner good is, what good is that engineering degree what good is mm. that what good is any of these degrees if they don't help you and they mm. don't help your community. Yes, yes, my, I'm a, I'm an attorney at the top law firm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And then we have a whole social uh, uh, justice system problem. We got Khalif Come Browder. On. I don't want to hear mm. about your, your, you being an attorney when we got a thousand Khalif Browders in Rikers Islands right, right now. You know what I'm saying? So how uh -oh, does that son. help us? Uh -oh. And that's why 
we need kids to come back home because once you come back home, you come from a Howard and you've been down at Georgetown and all these little swanky places. You say, you know what? I want that coffee shop in my community. Come on. I want this store in my community. I want that. So then you build up because that's what we do. You know, we have to build up. I love it. I love it. Now let, let's talk about the donation aspect because I, when I saw that y'all got a lot of donations, you got a lot. Yes, of we did. 800 and something people gave. And I want to give a special thank wow. you to all of those people who donated, whether it's a dollar or whether it was $24,000. And mm. I'm going to use something that the, the councilwoman that I work for uses all the time. I have no idea what it means, but it seems like it's appropriate. You found it not robbery to donate mm. to I was like, what does that mean? But it seemed like it was appropriate to say, but I want to thank all of those people who donated their uh, hard earned money and trust us. That's another thing that we always say, oh, I don't trust this one. I don't trust that one. People, I, I take that and, and we take that as a board because it's not just me. So the board who, who, um, you know, sees this ride through. We take that mm. with great pride that our community trust us, that donate people zell me money. I'm like, do they know I'm a public servant? Don't be zelling me those twenty five hundred dollars. <laughs> but I know that we're gonna do the right thing, and I, I take great pride in, in whether it's a dollar, it's your money, and you give it to us, and you know that it's gonna get to those students. None of us get paid for this. You know, it's volunteer. So, and I pride myself on saying that if you donate a dollar. Uh, you know, 96 of it is getting to those 96 cent of it is getting to those kids. Obviously, we have ride expenses and things like that. But, you know, we I, I just take pride on the fact that my community trusts me and 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 they give because, you know, it's tough getting folks to get up off that those coins and people yeah, drop yeah. 102. It's a very humbling experience to watch that go from me go from zero to 100,000. Mm. Now, are you all, is this a 501c3 organization? Yes, we are. We are fully vested 501c3 by the state of New Jersey and the federal government as of October 22nd. So all you folks out there who work for these big, glorious companies, you know what? Sign us up. So a lot of companies have been matching us. Blue Cross has matched us or oh, Horizon Blue. I'm sorry. They have matched us. Prudential has matched us. Um, um, Robert Wood Johnson. So a lot of people are smart and learning. Hey, if I give 250, my job will match that. So my sister actually gave 380 and her job matched it. And I was like, mm -hmm. so that's a way to double your um you know, double your giving. If you're going to give 50 to turn into a hundred, make go on your jobs website, put us in HBCU scholarship, ride, email us if you did the EIN number or whatever you need to do. But I love this matching gifts program now. Yeah, that's a, that's a, it's a dope concept and I love it when it works. And if you are interested in applying for the scholarship, you can go to HBCU scholarship ride.com. If you want your child, your grandchild, your niece, your nephew, your, the friend down the streets child to apply for the scholarship, go to HBCU scholarship ride. And if you want to donate, if you want to join all of the 800 some odd folks of us who have that participated in the donation effort, you can also do that at HBCU Scholarship Ride. You, you'd mentioned there was a real significant donation that came in. And when I saw it, I was like, I wonder, do he be listening to, to Urban View? Do he, or maybe he just found out about it from someplace else. Talk to us about that. There was a, a massive donation that really helped push you guys over the top in some powerful ways. Uh, anything public we can say about that? Yes, we could. We could definitely make that 
at public and I'm gonna give some historical context to that. So we are we were at seventy two thousand dollars. So you know if you've ever fundraised, you kind of hit a peak and you level out in the donations because at one point you know the donations are piling in and then you kind of exhaust that and it levels out and they trickle in and um we have been like praying and it was Saturday and the donations like at 72. So like I told you, we were $75,000 in the hole just from, we have to give that to the kids on October 15th. So a bunch of people were tagging different um, famous people in Jersey, Michael B. Jordan, Queen Latifah. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody that tagging Shaquille O'Neal and Everybody, my family, uh, uh, the families of the students, the board members are just tagging folks. And we're riding Saturday. So my Bluetooth speaker is hooked up to my phone and my speaker kept going off. And I'm like, what is wrong with my speaker? I just charged it up because, you know, you're on the road for six hours. You need your music. So I'm like, I charge it up. So I look at my phone and I have 101 text messages. And my homegirl, Courtney, big shout out to Courtney. She was like, did you look at your um, GoFundMe? Kyrie Irving just donated. To twenty four thousand. So mind you, we're we're on we're on a, like a we're crossing like a main drag, and I start screaming, and and the other riders are screaming, and we I'm like Kyrie Irving just donated twenty four thousand. So oh we God. are going crazy because we don't just went from. Seventy-two to $94,000. So we 6000 away mm. from our goal now. And it's Saturday. We got one more day. So I am going crazy. I literally, I'm not going to lie to nobody. You know, karate man bleed on the inside, but Haas was crying on the outside. <laughs> I was literally like, oh my God, I could not believe it. It was such a generous donation. So we literally reached out to everybody because everybody has said it was because of me. Like I did it. I did. We still don't know. So I know you have a longer arm than me. Please reach out to that man and say, what inspired you to give? Like, what was the, let me give, drop this 24,000 on these folks. Cause we would love to know, but um, you know, whatever it is, if he doesn't want to disclose that, so be it. I am, I am super grateful. The kids are grateful. We are grateful as a community that um he did uh find it not robbery again to yes. <laughs> to give that much <laughs> but it was it was it was just it was such an ill moment because we am you can like after somebody donates on GoFundMe you can message that person and we messaged him obviously with a bunch of thank yous and God bless you and all he wrote back was it's all love God first like five oh, words I... it's all yeah it's all love, God first. That's all he put. And it's such a classy thing to do. And it was a dope thing to do. So, you know, whatever the world say about that man, I don't know. He is good in my book. And he is Listen. good in 15 students' books that he provided us a way to help them at these schools. And believe me, they all needed it. Mm. I, I love everything about this. And, and that thought it not robbery, found it not robbery, that's a that's from a Bible verse. Uh, where oh, oh that's like, what yeah, it it's, is. It's a, it's a, <laughs> yeah, and you, but you're using it exactly right. You are using it exactly thank right. You, and thank you, you know thank what? You, I'm going to say you. this. 
I don't even need, I, I, I would love to know what motivated uh, Mr. Irving, Kyrie Irving to, to make that donation. But I actually love the idea that it could have been all of the above, Hassan. I love it the fact that been. maybe it was the show. Maybe it was someone tagging. Maybe it was the, I think it's actually better that we leave it at the community was so moved that a community member had to respond as did all yes. of the community members who had to respond. And that to me yes. on this day, which is the Ujima principle of the Kwanzaa calendar. It fell on a Wednesday. Yes. This year. That collective work responsibility. We got some collective Ujima work. with the work that you all are doing. We got the Ujama with the cooperative economics. And together yes. we have the seven principles of Kwanzaa, which help us to create a healthy village. And now these children get to thrive. Hassan, how can people follow you? I can't believe we're at the end of the show. I got more questions. I know oh, people man. are tagging. I'm getting text messages from people like, oh my God, I, this brother's a, amazing. Can I get a part two? Can I get a part two Bruh, up listen, in here? You, you know what? You might you might be the first person to ever request a part two, and I am going to happily say yes. <laughs> we want to know more about this Thank ride. You. I want to make sure that we get people clear about the fact that you have the ability to solve problems in the community, every single one of us. And maybe it might have been that the rejection you experienced or the inability to fulfill a dream decades ago, as Hassan mentioned, his inability to finish at Howard, that was exactly the thing that you needed to go through so that you would be such a blessing to so many other people. Yeah, we we, we are. Any way we we, we want, do but have it's a beautiful thing. the issue. I mean, we do have the power to solve our, we're the only people that's going to solve our problems, you know, and mm. we're, we only, one of our models on our ride is the African proverb. If you want to travel fast, travel alone. If you want to travel far, travel together. So we're going to travel together and we're going to go far with this thing. We're going up to one, the, the goal, our, our, our short term, goal is 1.7 million that would fund probably 50 students to attend hbcus from north mm. new jersey and right after that we'll expand it but if you want to give um you can go to hbcuscholarshiprod.com click on that donate button we have a text to give also so i just want to plug our text to give is 44321 and in the text you put hbcu ride is one word 44321 as the text and then put HBCU right within the text hit send a little link will pop up and you could donate a dollar you could donate 25 or you could be like Kyrie and donate 24 24 but uh, what one thing I wanted to ask him was what was the significance of the 24 24 because it was Kobe's birthday week and mm -hmm. anniversary or something like that so I said was that a Kobe hit? So it was a couple of questions besides why he did it. What was the significance? I would love to know the significance of the, because he donated $24,240. So it looked like twenty four twenty four. Mm. So I was like, was that a Kobe reference? And, oh man. You know, the, the ancestors the be moving now. I'm just The saying. ancestors was moving. Saying. Yes, they mm. were. I love it. Hassan, we have to end it here. We are at the end okay. of the show. God bless you. I am excited about you as an example. I'm so glad we had y'all as a hidden hero because it gave us an opportunity to brag about people doing good work. And I'm extra excited that you were able to come on this show and talk with us about it. We are making an effort to reach out to more of our hidden heroes to bring them on so people can understand the science behind how they transform communities. And you have been phenomenal at helping us to unpack this. Thank you so much for being with us today. God bless you. Thank you for having me in a big show. Shout out to our home city, Newark, New Jersey. Yes, Newark. Love Newark, New Jersey. Got to be in this space. Got to be in All this right, space. have Thank a good you. day. You too, you too.